0: Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls in a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie foothills the rocky mountains the Pecani first nation waterton lakes national park the crow's nest pass and the upper river watershed of the south saskatchewan river basin join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers townsmen cowboys mounties pioneer women politicians chroniclers miners railroaders and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of canada hello and welcome back to radio kbpv the podcast of the kootenay brown pioneer village and the pincher creek and district historical society in pincher creek alberta this is another in the series of our talking tombstone series for 2022 yes you heard that right we're a little late in getting these posted Uh, but we're here now and that's the most important thing Um, this uh, tour it took place in august of 2022 and uh, was led uh, curated and mostly written up by farley Wood, the curator for the kootenai brown pioneer village and read by a number of guest readers uh, assisting farley as well uh, this took care uh, place at uh, as we said the pioneer cemetery in pincher creek uh, which is the town's oldest cemetery Uh, No longer in uh, popular usage, uh, but we have done uh, podcasts at Fairview Cemetery as well and at several other cemeteries across southwestern Alberta, ranging from Fort McLeod to Waterton to a number of uh, country cemeteries. Out in the various areas, and we've been doing this uh, program for about 10 years. So, before I turn it back to Farley, I'd just like to inform you of the upcoming Talking Tombstones, which is in August, Saturday, August the 26th. So, lots of time to plan. It will actually be taking place at Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village itself, uh, which you may not know. Uh, has a few cemetery tombstones, but in actuality, the theme that we're going to be doing at the village is a tour of the village as you've never had it before, uh, from the point of view of pioneers who have moved on from Pincher Creek, or shall we say, their remains moved on. They no longer rest in southwest Alberta or the Pincher Creek area. As uh, as they passed on, they, are, they have been buried or are elsewhere around the world. So we're going to take a look at their careers, their importance to Pincher Creek, and where they moved on to. So it'll be a little bit different. Uh, part of a tour, it'll be taking place on familiar ground, and this year will include a supper. Um, The reason I'm telling you about this so early here, we're in March of 2023 as I'm writing these intros, almost April actually, Um, we would like to uh, naturally invite you to come out to this. Uh, The tickets will be available uh, through Eventbrite or at the the gate or at the door at the Pioneer Place in uh, Kootenay Brown Village. And this is also our invitation uh, if you would like to be a volunteer reader. The, despite the content, it actually is a lot of fun. And we do find that uh, the more people we have doing readings, uh, it just comes across as a better evening and uh, is a lot more interactive and such. So, uh, without with that and without further ado, I will turn it back over to Farley and our Talking Tombstones uh, 2022 from Pioneer Cemetery in Pincher Creek. Today we're going to hear about Lauren Doby, born 1887, died 1913, a pioneer character from around Pincher Creek and associated with the owners of the Arlington Hotel. And our reading will be performed by Pincher Creek character Dan Crawford.
1: Follow me on getting us lost. Again.
0: Yeah. I think we're over here.
1: Yes, we're looking for. uh Dobie. Dobie. So This is a grave stone for Lauren Doby and Dan has kindly offered to read about this one. Uh, before we get going, does anybody need any lamps? We've got some lamps here which we could bring up. Holler if you need them. Dan, do you need one to read? There will be a time. It's coming soon. Yep. I don't want to My story, like many others, starts long before I was born. My father, William Dobie, was born in Ontario in 1863. He came west to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, in 1878, traveling with his uncle, William Miller. The pair travelled by train as far west as Minnesota and then headed north to Fort Rouge where the rest of the trip was via the very noisy red Red River carts. The carts were used to haul freight, people had to walk. Uncle William took up a homestead when they reached the Prince Albert area. In 1883 my father returned east to Lanark, Ontario where he worked as a timber driver on the Ottawa River. In 1885, he married Margaret Skiffington. A son, William Lorne Doby, that's me, was born to them in 1886. My father returned to the west, this time to Pincher Creek. He worked as a foreman at the McLaren Grist and Sawmill. It was located in the forestry west of Beaver Mines. My father operated a lumber yard in Pincher Creek where the lumber from the mill was sold. Wagons drawn by six or eight horse teams brought the materials into town. My mother and I joined father in Pincher Creek in 1888. My mother had to endure a hard trip coming west as one had to take enough food for the trip. We traveled as far west as Medicine Hat by train. From Medicine Hat to Lethbridge, We rode in an engine and caboose named the Turkey Trail. Years later, my mother recalled how horrified she was of the dirty conditions she found in the caboose. I looked in vain for a clean place to lay my wraps and feed my child. From Lethbridge to Pincher Creek, we traveled in a stagecoach operated by Max Brulette. The grazing range cattle were were so curious by the stage that they gathered so closely that the coach couldn't proceed until Max the driver got out and waved his coat over his head to chase them away. We crossed the Old Man River which was quite high at the time. Mother was terrified about crossing this high water and to make matters worse the men got out and stood on top of the coach where the light luggage was carried and left her alone with the small child. Water flowed right through the middle of the coach. My dad met us at the ranching and M- Northwest Mounted Police Settlement of Pincher Creek. With a team of horses we journeyed on to Mountain Mill. While in Mountain Mill, we as a family resided in a small frame dwelling which was nearly blown off its foundation during the frequent westerly wind storms. My mother, fearful that her dishes would break if they fell off the shelves, hurriedly arranged them on the floor during such calamities. We Dobies moved into the settlement of Pincher Creek shortly after. We moved into a little brick house, which has long since disappeared, and then into a two-part house east of the Alberta Hotel. In 1892, my dad went into a partnership with Mr. E.J. Mitchell and bought the hotel. The hotel had been operated by Gettys and Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell also owned the only drugstore in town at that time. My dad owned and operated a livery barn. It was a vital business at that time as horses were the only local mode of transportation. They housed many high quality horses, including a sorrel racehorse named Swift. This was a blessing for the doctors as they answered calls as far south as Waterton Lakes, as far north as the Waldron Ranch, and east to Spring Ridge. A driver was always available. In 1904, The proprietors of the hotel, Arlington was the name they chose, decided to add an addition to the hotel in the form of 26 bedrooms, flush toilets, and bathrooms with running water, which was something new. A pool hall and a sample room. This too was a necessity at that time as travelers carried their sample trunks. Most of the female help was brought out from Ottawa, where my uncle, Mr. Laurie, hired the girls to come out west. Most of them never returned to the east as they got married. With my dad's business experience, particularly in terms of freighting, he was able to help transport drilling equipment up to the Oil City along Cameron Creek. This was done with four and six horse teams. Clarence Snyder, who became one of his son-in-laws, was a driller at one of those wells. William Doby owned land just south of the CPR station at Pincher City and grew wonderful crops. In a brook- booklet produced in 1906, it mentions that Mr. Doby had 1160 acres planted and it was looking fine. After the 1908 harvest, which was a good one, William Doby and his wife Margaret left for Chicago where he planned on buying stock in the Henry Ford Motor Company. Unfortunately, some slick men met him first and sold him a five-wheeled bus. This was a sad experience. The fifth wheel was built under the chassis and was supposed to be let down to dig the car out of mud when it got stuck. It just dug it in deeper. That was the end of his investment of that sort. Parts for the car, which was called a Glover, cost Doby $8,000. Back in Pincher Creek a mechanic helped him assemble the long rangy looking vehicle that had a strong resemblance to a wagon. Disgruntled with his with his venture, Dolby had the vehicle shipped to Winnipeg where folklore indicates it disappeared. His venture with agricultural equipment fared better. In 1904 he purchased a large steam tractor. The first such acquisition in the Pincher Creek area. It had the capacity to pull two plows in tandem with a total of at least eight plowshares. Mr. Doby was Pincher Creek's second mayor, serving from December 1910 until 1914. During his term of office, the two-story brick townhouse at the corner of Kettles and East Street was East Avenue was built. In 1910, a new two and a half story home for the Dobie family was built on the South Hill. Its location enumerated as 730 Schofield Street. It had a north facing veranda that provided the family a commanding view of the downtown core. Its main floor was dominated by a parlor and a formal dining room. This house still stands. It was across the street from the Thomas Scott home. The latter stood where Mr. Ed Johnson's apartment block was located for many years. Incidentally, I lived in that house when I first moved here. I was on the top floor of that house. How's that for history coming alive? Mrs. Margaret Dolby was wildly, widely regarded for her hospitality and kindly spirit. She was known for her textiles and housewares. The latter included a best graniteware frying pan that retailed for about 25 cents in 1912. One of her prized possessions was an ornate treadle sewing machine complete with attachments and richly designed wooden cabinet. It is a treasured artifact on exhibit at the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. I was one of ten children born to William and Margaret. I am Lauren William, the eldest son. I was very interested in community pursuits. I played in the Pincher Creek Citizens and Odd Fellows bands and was active in the Pincher Creek Fire Brigade, both prior to World War I. I was also an avid fisherman and spent many hours fishing in the backcountry along the South Fork and Waterton Lakes. Working in my father's Arlington Hotel, I met Tess Golden, who came from from Ottawa. The two of us were wed in Lethbridge in 1908. We had one son, William G., who was born in 1912. Us younger Dobies first resided in the original family residence, but moved to a newly built one-storey house on a property to the west. Now it's at 714 Schofield. This fine dwelling, still standing, featured a veranda on its north and east sides. It's just up the hill past the post office. So you can look down across the whole bottom of the town. I died suddenly Thursday, April 3rd, 1913, the result of a flu epidemic that spring. My widow and son later moved back to to Ottawa. Even though I passed away early and my immediate family moved away, we still have historic connections with the Pincher Creek community. This is through my extended relatives and artifact donations to the Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, which have come from the Ottawa family. October 21, 1921, and here we are, 101 years later remembering. So, gone but not forgotten history.
0: Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, ditcher pod bean or any other pod catcher visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca kootenay is spelled k-o-o-t-e-n-a-i also visit and join our pages on facebook instagram and twitter for more information on our museum or even better visit us at 1037 beverly McLaughlin drive beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.